This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorian United. I forgot the name of our podcast. <laughs> I was about to say Harry Potter we, and the Sacred Text. We stopped for like a month and you forgot our podcast. <laughs> Which one is this? So uh, this is a mini episode, a prequel to the season two. Uh, well, prequel makes it sound so serious, like we make something legitimate. <laughs> yeah, and we don't. <laughs> no. um, basically, uh, we made a, a, a survey on Twitter asking you what you wanted for season two more. More guests, more, um, more time of us talking, more bloopers. Yeah, and for some reason you want us to talk more, so we decided to put in another segment to try out. Yes, uh, as you know, um, this podcast is inspired by two. One is Spirit Podcast, and the other is Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And um, we reached to them, uh, the Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and asked them if one of their hosts will be kind enough to join us. Yeah, so um, so today we're actually going to be doing what's originally a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Don't let that scare you off. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's exciting to you. You're a weirdo like me. Um, but yeah, so essentially we are going to be looking at the script itself. Um, and we're going to be seeing what we can get from looking at the words. Yeah, so we're going to detach the words and the image. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. So that's going to be um, before or vase and flower. Yes, so that's gonna be our new little segment that we're gonna try out for this season, and we hope you like it. And if you don't, well, Tell I'm us. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, we hope that this will um, make you think and grow and make you tweet at us how you felt and ideas that you have. <laughs> Just tweet single feelings. Distrust! Anger! Angst! I was about to say nose. Nose isn't a feeling. <laughs> That's a noun. This is just a weird <laughs> word like association now. <laughs> Distressed, anger, nose. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we are going to let you with the interview we had with Vanessa. Um, and we're going to, next episode will be uh, episode one. Yeah. Season two. Yeah, there's like an X in there. Season two X oh one, which is uh the night, what before what is Christmas? Yes, and all through the house, not a creature was. This is Halloween. This is <laughs> not even a mouse. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut that. I'm gonna go to bed. So we're gonna let you with Vanessa, and we're gonna leave you with Vanessa. Oh, I'll leave you with Vanessa, and uh, we're happy to be back. Yay! Bye. Bye. Hey guys, this is Editing Catherine. I just want to tell you before we go to the actual interview that we had a problem recording the actual interview uh, through the computer. So I had to put the interview on, on speaker and then record it through my phone. So that's why Vanessa's audio is not the best, but we still heard every lovely thing she says. So thank you for understanding. I'm going to try to fix that for other um, guests. So yeah, enjoy for real this time. Okay, so... Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, are you already recording? Yeah, uh, okay, so cool. we are with uh, an inspiration for this podcast and in my life, Vanessa Zoltan. <laughs> Huzzah! Hey, Vanessa. Hi. Uh, so you are one of the co-hosts of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Yes, that is true. And uh, can you explain rapidly what it is to if, if people don't know? Yes. Well, if people don't know, shame on them. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I've been talking about it every single episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
believe that sacred is an act and not a thing. Mm-hmm. And so my co-host, Casper Terkyle, and I um, are going through all 199 chapters of the Harry <laughs> Potter series, one chapter at a time, um, and treating them as if they were sacred. So we take them as if it was like our Torah Parsha or our Book of Common Prayer segment. Um of the day and we treat it um as our liturgical text and we do um a theme conversation based on we talk about love and hope and despair and you know all the all the lighthearted things <laughs> and then we do um mostly um for the most part medieval judeo-christian reading practices mm-hmm. and then we offer blessings for one of the characters and the idea is really just that you can treat anything you love as if it's sacred and um learning how to treat things as sacred we believe is inherently good because we should be learning how to treat one and one another and ourselves yes as sacred i love that and what i uh when i was introduced to that podcast what i'm not practicing at all yeah i was baptized and everything but like i stopped going to church i was 10 meanwhile said is like having a bible study so we're, we're like yeah. and i was like sacred eh, religion eh. Yeah. and what brought me to that podcast is it's not about religion at all no like you and and and, uh, and casper you are not saying like oh you should be jewish or you should be christian <laughs> we know like your denominations but like just by talking about it but uh yeah um well Judaism, I will say, almost nobody should be trying to sell you Judaism because Judaism <laughs> not is by law not an evangelical religion. No. no. So um, sometimes if you are already Jewish, as I am, people will try to convert you to more religious forms of Judaism. Mm, yes. Which is annoying in its own way. But <laughs> no, but no, Judaism is all about. They're trying to convert you. It's like a whole chosen people kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's just like, oh, yeah. you're one of us. Why aren't you like being fruitful and multiplying? And I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Um, and that is my new elevator pitch for Judaism. Sorry, I'm. No. <laughs> um, and basically, that's what we do with our podcast. We watch uh, the, the so the magician, and mm-hmm. we look at it through a lens, a bit like the, the through a theme, through a theme. Yeah, and it made us understand more the character but ourselves too and like want to be better persons and uh as we uh and we made a survey for season two because we're starting season two soon and people want to i cannot understand why anyone wants to hear me talk more vanessa (laughs) people were like we want more and i was like i I want me to shut up, and I'm <laughs> me. I don't know why anyone wants to hear uh, more. And, yeah, voice. and uh, we already have introduced <laughs> what we call the flower in the vase, which is like a blessing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we say, uh, we give a flower to the character, we are uh, like kudo, a blessing, and a vase at someone we want to punch in the face. Uh, <laughs> or someone yeah. like, oh, ee, you, you, ee, this, this episode, ee, you know? Yeah. And But the thing we missed is... Uh, Taking uh, the text of the sh- the the show mm-hmm. and reading it, and since Harry Potter and the Sacred Text is a big inspiration for this podcast, we were mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe one of the hosts could help us because I just know it by listening to it, and I'm probably gonna fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's okay. So basically, the idea is that we're going to look at the actual script. Um, oh my and gosh! Take, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and take like actual, you know, look at the actual words because, especially, I mean, I um, I have hearing issues, so I usually listen, like, watch things with closed caption, and there are so yeah. many things that I'm like, I had no idea that's what they were saying. Um, yeah. And so it's really amazing, I think, to look at the actual script, and we're going to, we wanted to do some lectio from the script. Yeah. And oh, I think that I mean, there's tremendous precedent for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, with, I mean, I don't want to bore you on literary theory, but, like... I want you to bore me on literary theory. Please do, that's why we have you. (laughs) You can get someone better on literary theory, though. (laughs) But, um, right, like, reading Shakespeare, we take the... I guess I would just encourage you that, like, in reading Shakespeare or um, any sort of, like, canonical playwright, we playwrights, we take their stage directions very mm-hmm. seriously yes. as well right um and so i would say that like what an amazing opportunity to look at the script and to really see what the stage directions are and what treat that um right like you get to plays and screenplays are particularly interesting because they get to be directive on the intentions and the feelings yes. mm-hmm. of the character yes. because they're trying to cue something into the act for the actor. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that's like a really exciting opportunity. I would imagine that the only thing that would worry me about it is that if it's too precise, you know, we always say that the way you know something is worthy of being treated as sacred is if it is complicated enough that two people could look at it and have two different opinions. Mm-hmm. And so I would wonder if stage directions would make things like too specific. It's but... mostly uh, the, the the show in itself have conflicting issues and we don't agree on them a lot of time already. Yeah. Because yeah. it talks about uh, the way a character will handle a situation and react and say things. And I'm like, oh my God, that was super mean. And, and you're like, no, it's not. But by reading oh, okay, the okay. word, we can more yeah. analyze if it was mean or not. <laughs> yeah. Or like embrace that, like, you don't know. Yeah. Right. We often, I don't know if I'm being mean. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I never know. This is like, ni- oh, that's, that's the right thing to do. That's 90% of our fights is, are we fighting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Why are we why are we doing that? Uh, I, I, we're fighting. No, we're not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yep. funny that we want our characters to know so specifically about themselves things that we don't know about right? ourselves. Right. And that's what I love about, uh, like, analyzing anything, even, like, uh, even Harry Potter or the magician. It's, uh, we put meaning into it that sometimes the author didn't put. But oh, si- yeah. And that's what makes it even better. Yeah, I think that a lot of authors talk about this, and I'm trying to imagine, I'm trying to remember who said this to me recently. But that, like, once I finish a book, she said, and I can't remember who, but it was definitely a woman. <laughs> that once, I, once I like put it out in the world, it's not mine anymore, right? Like now yeah. it's my readers, and like if like it's not up to me um, how to read it. And I like I just watched. That like really dumb ad Neil Gaiman is doing for Masterclass, and he talks about it even just in that like fifteen second ad spot where he's like, um, "The difference between a first draft and a second draft is that you make everything 
that was accidentally good about the first draft look intentional, right? Like, <laughs> we don't know, like, we, we don't know how ideas go from our brains to our mouths. Like, it's all a mystery. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but do you guys, you guys want me to teach you how to do Lectio? Yeah. We're, you know, we're wondering I feel if like you guys could treat, teach me how to do Lectio. <laughs> <laughs> no but I guess I guess what we thought would be great is if we took um if we took some of the actual text and like just did a little uh example of how great. to do it uh and then you could sort of break it down for us cats bring yeah it that for- sounds good yeah let's you know Janina I can do a little let's yeah Janina is a 13th century monastic tradition. It actually goes back further than that. Guigo II is the person who sort of codified it and wrote it down. And he did it in a, a letter that he wrote to his fellow monks. And it is a four-step Christian reading practice. It is based on a Jewish reading practice called Bar Days because the Christians always steal the good <laughs> stuff from the Jews. It's true. And I'm kidding, everyone who doesn't know me. And and yeah, the the fun thing about Lectio is that you can take things out of context. Pardes, which Lectio is based on, um, you can't, you have to know the text in Mm -hmm. order to do the practice Mm -hmm. because one of the steps um, requires intertextual study. But Lectio Divina is fun because you can like open your bill and be like, no context, this is fine, I don't know who any of these characters are, and still engage in the practice in a meaningful way. So. And also for, for Electio, how, like, how much text do you usually look at? Do you look at a sentence? Do you, tell me more about that. Yeah, so I would say a sentence or shorter, mm-hmm. um, just because, I mean, it's sort of magical how much you can do with so little. Casper, mm-hmm. my co-host, sometimes wants us to do one word, and I'm like, no. <laughs> but I, I think his instinct is right that um, I, I think with one word, you're basically doing word association games, and that's just, like, less interesting to me. I'm interested in, like, the in-between places where words sort of rub up against each other, mm-hmm. and, um, and so – but – I wouldn't, I don't want to literally put a word count on it, but I would say like more than five, less than 30 is like Mm -hmm. a good chunk of text. Um, much more than, you know, like we know this about ourselves because of the way that phone numbers are structured, right? Like we as human creatures can't hold on to more than seven like Mm -hmm. words or digits in our head at a time. And so um, I think that that's true for Lectio, too. I think it's hard to keep a whole sentence in mind and treat a whole sentence as sacred if it's too long. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you can't multitask and really be loving someone. You have to give them their whole attention. Okay. So somewhere in there, I was like, I don't want to give a word count on it. And then I literally gave yeah. a word count on it. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that seven is a real bible number, and maybe there's some kind of con- <laughs> So, like whoever uh, set that up was real smart. Yeah, for real. Um, sorry, now I'm wondering what that person's job was. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is how ADD works. Um, so anyway, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the steps? Sure. I can also, if you give, yeah, I'll, I'll give an overview and then we'll do it. Yeah. So the four steps 
are um, first you just read the sentence and you ask yourself what is literally happening in the sentence. So what is the intended meaning of the sentence? What, what piece of information is the sentence giving you? Then the second step um, is allegory. And you can do this in several different ways. So it's, it, it's like where things can get a little more wooey, where you can be like, this just vaguely reminds me of trees. <laughs> but also, it can remind you of other stories. Mm-hmm. So this reminds me of the story of Percival, because this reminds me of this Toni Morrison story, because. <laughs> and so it's about broadening the text. Um, so it's all about like getting stepping away from the text itself in order to like be practicing and exercising our brains in order to get to these mm-hmm. higher and higher Which is okay. Monastic monks. Oh, no, I was going to say that it's like, it's like a game of Bible telephone. It's like, it just keeps getting one step, (laughs) but like in an intentional way, instead of in an accidental way. Yeah. Instead of like teaching kids about the ramifications of rumors way. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, is that what they use telephone for in your world? That is what telephone is for pedagogically. What? It's like, you can't trust rumors, children. That's what it was, like, designed for as a game. Yeah. What? For us, it was, <laughs> for us, it was just fun and silly that we did at Jesus Girl Scouts, Pioneer Girls. <laughs> for me, it was just that's a more, fun, fun one to do. That's much cuter. No, I think, it, I think the game was sort of designed to teach children that, like, don't believe everything you hear because if you're hearing it third hand. Okay, this is as upsetting as when Kat told me that they never once said that Humpty Dumpty was an egg. It broke my world. I'm so sorry. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's fine. We could talk about why I'm broken later. Um, anyway, so yeah, I guess we could just jump into it. We'll start with a sentence and you could just talk us. We can all chat and go through yeah. the process together. Sounds good. Yeah, so um, so our sentences, little, little phrase are, 
Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Say, what's break bills, and I will stab you. Tell them to test me again. That's too long. Say, what's break bills, and I will stab you. Yeah, that's better. There you go, Kat. You did it. Well, because that's a whole sentence. Yes. Right? Yes. It is a sentence. Yeah. But why are you trying to do two sentences? I don't know. I I throw Kat under the bus. She picked them. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I think I lied when I said, like, 5 to 30. I mean 5 to 10. (laughs) Or, like, 3 to 10. Amazing. Um, So, yeah. Okay, so literally, I can't tell you what's literally... uh, So, I can guess what's literally happening. Okay. Well, I mean... We could. I want to know what Vanessa thinks what's literally <laughs> happening right now because she never saw the show I've never seen the show I have no idea what this is but if somebody keeps saying break bills and somebody else is saying say that one more time and I'll kill you <laughs> I love that so much almost basically uh, Julia uh, know that break bills which is a magical school exists and Quentin who is in that magical school pretend it doesn't so it. so it's so basically, Julia said to Quentin, if you pretend that break bills so, don't, don't exist, I will stab so you. Essentially, Ju- Julia didn't get, they both took a test to get into a magical school. Quentin got in. Julia, no, Julia did not. And like, he, she's like, don't pretend like you don't fucking, like, you know, know no, that you this don't magical know school is. exists. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what, yeah. yes. Quinn. Quentin. Quentin. Yeah, Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so step two. Excellent job. You did so well with step one. <laughs> yes. Ten points for both of you. Hufflepuff. Okay. Ten points. They go to me. Oh, not Slytherin? Okay. You're a Slytherin? Uh-huh. <laughs> a Slytherin and a pop got married. Can you believe that? You mean Casper and I are Slytherin and a puff? Yeah. She's obviously the, the puff. Slytherin. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I would have yeah. thought he was the puff. No. He is like a little social climber. Um. Yeah. Okay. So step two of Lectio. Um. We ask ourselves what other stories this reminds us of, or which is like what other themes and ideas this reminds us of. So what it reminds me of. I guess is, I I would imagine that she doesn't, she's not literally going to stab him. No. And so that sometimes we threaten violence Mm -hmm. with the people we are closest to because we would never be violent toward them. Yeah. So it like reminds me of like when I say to my brothers, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to kill them. I love that. I think that uh, using uh, the symbol of like uh, killing someone like with words we can really hurt as much as with a real weapon and mm-hmm. that like saying i will stab you she can stab with word with she with, and she will do mm. after so yeah this is making me think of a much less serious thing um i have a retractable little dagger 
And this is making me this. I, the, uh, the only thing that my brain is going to is I'm just thinking about this like joke it. Yeah, knife. this like fake dagger. You know, like the kind that when you push it in, it like doesn't go. And how like I don't know. And and in my brain, it's like connecting to the things that you're saying about how like I'm gonna stab you, but like I'm not really gonna stab you. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's where my brain went immediately to this toys fake, fake bloody dagger. It's in the, the yeah, costume I know. closet. I, right I, know. Over there. I know. I <laughs> know. Stories. It reminds me of, mm. like, say, Break Up with Paul. Like, it rem- I guess it reminds me of Romeo and Juliet, you know, um, when. Oh my god, the names are off. Tybalt, Mercutio. And Mercutio. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I could not think of Mercutio's name, but right, like, it starts as this, like, jokey, like, hey, mm. how dare you, you know, like. Yeah thing at the beginning of the play like do you bite your thumb at me and then but like um Mercutio dies right like and and how the stakes quickly get higher right like you just do this one thing and I will murder you I don't know why but this just reminded me of of Dumbledore and everything he didn't say to Harry Mm -hmm. until he died yeah, but, well, basically, the, it's like, what's a Horcrux? Say they don't exist, and I will stab you. That's why Ari sometimes want to say to Dumbledore uh, at, oh, in yeah. the seventh book, like, why didn't you tell me when you were alive? And, like, this pent-up anger of, like, wishing some, you know someone is hiding something. Mm. And, like, wishing you, they will tell you, but sometimes you can't. Yeah, 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 it's too late. Trying to think of what other like stories, um, Harry Potter things it reminds me of. I I guess it reminds me. I've been thinking a lot because we're about to do book six, and I don't really remember this. But like Harry accidentally cuts up Draco, right? Like he uh, doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he breaks it up. Yeah, by using a word that he doesn't know. Yeah. Right. So you, like, don't know the imp- the implications of your words. Yeah. Okay, I, anything else before we move on to no. step three? No, no, I want to read uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so step three, we ask ourselves, what does this remind us of in our own lives? So, say what's break bills, and I will stab you. It just makes me think about how, like, I... I feel like I say things like that all the time and I don't think about it like like not like oh I'm gonna kill you but I'll be like you know in the in the jokey way that will be like oh my god like I'm dead or like oh my god like how we use all these terms like personally for me how I use a lot of these things and I'm starving not even like yeah not even that and that always makes me think of the giver Not even that in particular, but, like, the idea that we use sort of what you were saying earlier, like, a lot of, like, violent mm-hmm. words. Um yeah. And I feel like I do that all the time, where I'll be like, I don't know, yeah. like, those kinds of things. I'm like, I'm not really going to stab you, but I'm going to say I'm going to stab you. Why? I, I do a lot of that, because um, I now run a company, mm-hmm. and I will jokingly say um you're fired and like they know I'm kidding yeah right like my my staff who like work just as hard and whatever as me <laughs> but like you know one of them will sass me 
be like, what do you even do here? And I'll be like, shut up, you're fired. <laughs> yep. Like, it's, and I'm like, right, it's, the joke is that I would literally never fire them. Yeah. And so, like, that's the joke. It's, like, desensitizing that possibility. But also, it's, like, not funny because, like, technically I could fire them and might have to. And so it's, it's unintentionally exploitative. Yeah. Um, just I'm a whore for a laugh, so I just say inappropriate things to get a laugh. Yeah, yep. it makes them smile, so I'll say it. But yeah. I literally said that to Julia on stage the other day. <laughs> From the stage, she like did something, and I had to read it on stage, and I was like, "Julia, you're fired." <laughs> she was like, please. For me, so I need to stop. <laughs> See, for me, it reminds me, um, I work with customer service, so a lot of passengers, because <laughs> I work in the airport oh, industry. Oh, yeah, you do. And sometimes, passengers will say dumb things, and I will be kind and nice, and then they will go away, and I will look at my coworker, and I'm like, I hope their plane crash. <laughs> I hope they have delays. And we will, like, just imagine the worst with them, because we need, I hope their, their baggage are missing. <laughs> Delays are worse than a crash. I know. But, uh, and, and like, we're just imagining the worst thing. Or I, I once told to a passenger, because I was really fed up, sir, if I could send you to a snowstorm, I would. Because, like, that's why the flight was delayed. <laughs> like, and, like, that basically saying, hey, if I could put you in danger, I would. And I think, like, it just remind me, like, it just make me realize that this is not okay. <laughs> And maybe I should, like, work my anger or my frustration elsewhere. It's a coping mechanism. I mean, yeah, but if the passenger hear me, <laughs> Yeah, and you say it in your heart. Yeah. Or to your colleagues quietly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you guys fans of the comic John Mulaney? Yes. yes. We quote him all the time. Oh, we said... Sa- We sang the Delta Airlines theme song for a long time. Uh-huh. We were stuck at the airport for two days. <laughs> so he, um... What, he tells a story about how um, he was, like, involved in a subpoena because he sent um, an email to one of yes! the Yes! Wait. Like, oh, that guy's the worst. Let's murder him. Yep. Okay. I was literally thinking about this today because my boss was around, and so I could not take a nap, and I really needed to take a nap today. <laughs> and, and Kat was like, is there anything I could do? And I was like, murder him. And then I was like... I, I literally watched this John Mulaney sketch. I shouldn't write shit like this. But, like, Kat, it was a joke. I know. I know Not a fun joke, but a joke. I mean, considering his wife is a lawyer, I probably shouldn't do stuff like that. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, um. Yeah, I think it all brings us to be kinder and more wiser with our words, I think. Uh, 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 I. So, mm, okay, so, <laughs> Tell Vanessa what she feels called to. It's just like, it's okay to have an inner circle where you say the ugly things. That's true. As long as you don't act on them, right? As long as it's catharsis and not fanning the flame, right? There's an understanding Uh, that this is a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and that it actually releases the tension, right? Like, Mm. if you find that it just agitates you more and more, then, like, stop doing it. Yeah. But... 
if you find that it's cathartic to make that kind of joke in order to then be kind to the next customer who it's not their fault that the previous customer was rude to you, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, that's fine. I don't... No, no you're I, right. You guys can be called to totally different things, but, like, that... I'm just like, I have no problem with that. I love that. But also, I think that's important when someone makes a joke and it doesn't feel good to tell them. I remember yeah. uh, at the beginning, Seth was joking like, oh, I'm going to quit you. And I'm super insecure like with about that. Breaking, like about breaking I'm breaking up. up and I'm like, 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 you know, she wouldn't wash one dish. And I'd be like, that's it. I'm breaking up with you. And I, at one point, I'm like, can you stop? Like, it hurts me. And he was like, okay. But like, we were close enough yeah. and like confident enough to say to each other that. And I think I'm, okay. I'm, I'm reminded by what you said and this, that like, it's okay to have the thing. But it's also okay to, un you have to understand also where are people's limits. Yeah, totally, and respect totally them. Cool. Yeah, I love that. That your words has meanings to I other know. people that you might not understand. Yeah, and we don't know how our words impact other people. I just recently told my cousin a story in which she said something so meaningful to me that like meant so much to me, and she's like, "I don't remember that." Conversation. <laughs> That's always me. I'm always the person people have meaningful conversations and things with, and I'm like. Literally yesterday. Like, oh, it changed my life. And she was like, I'm so glad. I was like, okay. Yeah, literally yesterday someone told me, like, I was like, oh, I'm feeling sad on Facebook. And I was like, you know, I had like kind of a hard day. I am so excited. I'm starting a podcast. I have not even launched it yet. And I already got my first hate mail. And I was like, oh, I'm so good at networking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so my friend to cheer me up was like, oh, like, you know, do you remember that time we were in a taxi and we had this really heartfelt cut? And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, we took a taxi together. When you lived with me for a month, I don't take taxis. I was so confused. I'm still not sure yeah. it was me, but um, it's I don't know. It's really yeah. interesting the way that we can be so impactful and or be so impacted and like it, you know, in a one yeah. almost in a one way street thing. But I don't know. For me, I I feel like I feel. I feel called to be more aware of my words as someone who says a whole lot of words all the time to be thinking about what words I'm saying and to make them intentional and not just be saying things. Yeah. That sounds hard. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's compelled to it doesn't mean he's going to do it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, well, that brought it up. What about you? I, I, I said... Oh, <laughs> that's it. So that's like Geo Divina, and like that's all there is to it, right? Is like you wow. take a sentence, and then like in theory, it compels you to be a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And on that beautiful yes. note, we yes. will let you go. go Thank go you live so, your life. so much, Vanessa. It was so fun. Send me the episode when it's out, and we will tweet it. Okay, oh, absolutely. I'll tag you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Have a good Bye. night. Bye. Good night. This has been Philorian United. Once again, we want to thank Vanessa Zoltan for her time and her lovely insight and cleverness into teaching us what is Lectura Divina. We are excited to bring it as of next episode of the podcast uh, for season two of The Magician. We are excited to uh, go deep and explore on other themes. We want to thank Harry Potter and the Secret, Secret Text obviously, and Spirit Podcast for the inspiration for the show, as well as our patron people like the lovely Elliot. 
If you want to tweet at us, uh, go at on Twitter at Philorians with an S. We are on Twitter, um, Facebook, and Tumblr at Philorian United. And if you did the Let's Your TV now with, with us, please uh, email us philorianunited at gmail.com. We want to hear or read what you came up with your own uh, inspiration through this practice. Like I said, next week we are going to have a season 2, episode 1 of the show. And we're going to have a new guest. His name is Sergio Osuna, uh, known as Rafe on the show. Or Abigail's lover, slash translator, slash advisor. I'm going to have to ask what his relationship is with that slot. And I never thought I would say that phrase out loud. Yeah, <laughs> so until then, have a wonderful day, guys. This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this what is happened to my voice? <laughs> it didn't come out. Do you want to come but back? No, I don't. Seth. <laughs> Seth. Seth. Bloopers for you. <laughs> this is Catherine. And this is Seth. <laughs> His voice is now working, but I broke my wife. This is Catherine. Catherine, <laughs> <And this> is... <laughs> <laughs> well done. Sporty production.